Oh, hello. That's so adorable. I told you I did it! I got it! I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration. The, what this all builds, what this is all building towards, is more empathetic connections between people. There you go. Go there in the end. Welcome to Delightful Dungeon Diving, a coffee and tea table podcast dedicated to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. I'm Nick, I use he-him pronouns, and this week I'm going to take y'all on a dungeon dive. A dungeon is what we in the tabletop role-playing game community affectionately call an area that players will adventure in. A place where they might encounter fearsome monsters, intriguing characters, perhaps find some treasure, dodge some traps, and most importantly, write their story. Today, we'll be building up the lair of a fire giant, a sprawling compound within Mount Everburn, which you can feel free and welcome to use in your own games. I would suggest getting out some blank paper and something to doodle with to follow along. Now the first half, we're going to take it nice and easy. But when we've got everything placed just right, we'll have a walk through the finished region ourselves, and perhaps you'll feel the uncomfortable warmth of Mount Everburn's volcanic heart. Mount Everburn is a dormant volcano, a black rock and craggy mountain that is where Lord Ignacio, a fearsome fire giant, has made his fortress and home. Now, fire giants here often make their homes deep underground or within mountains like this, and part of the challenge for your players can be how they even approach this fortress. What challenges and beasts uh, must they overcome before they can even reach the doors to Ignacio's home? Now, why they would be adventuring here in the first place? Perhaps they are sent on a mission to recover an artifact that Lord Ignacio possesses. Perhaps they are there to stop Ignacio from his own machinations. What horrible plans this fire giant lord might have. Fire giants are also master smiths and forgers, craftspeople of exceptional and exquisite skill. So as the players approach the massive doors that lead into Mount Everburn, they are met with grand structures detailed in an art deco style, very severe and strong, bold lines in the decorations here. The doors themselves uh, feature overlaying clockwork designs, gears shifting and turning together. This is part of the challenge of the fortress, is how to gain entry. For someone like Lord Ignacio, perhaps they have constructed these doors to display their own cleverness, display how secure their fortress is. So here we could place several slots for keystones. This could be a cube or hexagonal shape, something that the fire giant possesses to open the door. They can be inserted in a certain order. Perhaps the keys themselves have inner workings that project and protrude into the door once placed in the correct order. This could be the puzzle that begins your encounter here in Lord Ignacio's fortress. In any case, once the doors are activated, 
The clockwork gears begin to turn. Those Art Deco, Art Deco lines begin to shift and align so that the doors form a central seam and open up wide. Now, inside we find a long, grand hallway. This hallway is designed for two reasons. One, to display the power of Lord Ignacio. The hall has massive columns. Again, those Art Deco lines, gold filigree running up the lines of the columns. But beyond those columns are alcoves that are carved into the rock wall of this mountain. Here, the mountain rock, the rock face, is actually left exposed to remind people of the power of the home that they are in. This place was carved out of a volcano by a strong hand. And in those alcoves will feature trophies. Lord Ignacio's exploits, the helmet of a rival warrior, the skull of a dragon, perhaps the crown of a nearby ruler that had been vanquished, their kingdom glassed over by the fire giant's might. Here, the players will come down the hall. They will be drawn to these alcoves. But the second reason the hall was designed this way is to funnel any would-be intruders or invaders into a small space, a small trapped space. High up in the ceilings that almost reach into the shadows, torchlight lines the columns, but it doesn't quite reach the heights of this hallway. And up towards the rocky volcanic roof, are traps laying in wait. Now here, as the game master, you can show some creativity. Maybe there are massive blocks being suspended and ready to be released with trip wires. Or perhaps there is a container of some sort that holds things like gelatinous cubes up above. And as the players trip or step on a loose tile, depress and activate a lever, that container is released. And unbeknownst to them, as gelatinous cubes are typically colorless and hard to see unless moving, the cube drops either in front or behind them and then begins hunting as it senses movement. In any case, the hallway provides a lot of opportunity for you to lay traps, whether classical, traditional TTRPG traps or something more devious, according to your cunning game master mind. Now, this is where having something to doodle with might come in handy because Lord Ignacio's fortress is rather simply laid out. We have a long rectangular hall leading to a central hexagon. Now off of that hexagon, we're going to place five more hexagons so that we have something almost resembling the shape of a daisy, <laughs> a sunflower, uh, a central flower with petals leading off of it, which will represent the different rooms and chambers of Ignacio's fortress. 
In the central hexagon, we have the throne room. The hallway continues, massive columns leading up, holding up the ceiling, and featured right here in the center is the throne of Ignacio, now a fire giant's throne. Again, those severe lines. It's not rough, rough hewn, it's, it's designed as a master craftsman would featuring different rare earth metals plated and forged into a grand throne. Here is where Lord Ignacio makes people who seek an audience with him, he makes them supplicants. The throne is placed on a dais that is up high. There are several runs of stairs, of steps leading up to the throne. Now, Leading off of this central hexagon will be, as mentioned, the five other hexagonal chambers. The first one, just to our left, is going to be uh, divided into several chambers. Here is where Ignacio's servants, the servants to the fire giant, the people who keep up this fortress. Now, these could be dedicated and loyal servants, or they could be enslaved. They could be lesser mortal creatures who have been pressed into service. Now, they share rough, roughly a quarter of this main chamber. Their servant quarters, very tight and cramped individual rooms that, you know, don't leave a lot for luxury. Attached to those quarters are the kitchens. Now, all around this fortress is the uncomfortable warmth and in some places humidity of a place built within a dormant volcano. The kitchens only serve to heighten this warmth. The fires that burn here are funneled in from the warmth of the volcano. Perhaps you can lay extensive pipework through the walls leading down into the lava and magma chambers. Now, this could also present some complications. It would stand to reason that if there are pipes and ductworks going throughout this fortress to provide warmth to different areas, to provide heat that they might also trap some of the natural gases of the volcano. Unbeknownst to the players, there might be a system in place, a complicated and scheduled system of releasing those pressures and gases, siphoning those gases away, the dangerous ones like sulfur, away from the living quarters. So, an opportunity to Again, get creative and perhaps lay a potential disaster in the background here. Now, the kitchen and servants only take up half, together take up half this chamber. The other half of the chamber are the kennels. You see, Ignacio, like many fire giants, keeps guard dogs. And these particular guard dogs are hellhounds. Natives to the nine hells, they are fiends. They are these devilish dogs with the ability to breathe fire. They exhale noxious fumes. And perhaps, like many fire giants, Lord Ignacio has brokered a deal with one of the lords of the nine hells. And these kennels could either be simple 
hound kennels or being the nature of these hellhounds these kennels could feature a portal apparatus an area where ignacio summons the hellhounds through or uh, a servant with the proper procedures and clearances you know perhaps a more trusted servant it might be their job to come in and summon the hounds when needed we're going to add one last chamber on top of this kitchen servants kennels area a, a square or honestly whatever shape you desire a chamber at the back of the kennels this is where the dungeons will be located and the dungeons are where the fire giant keeps all of their prisoners perhaps visitors who came seeking an audience and have been imprisoned the dungeons offer an opportunity for an alternative route into the fortress into the complex as the dungeons are much more simply carved out of the mountain there could by chance be a cave system or a tunnel system that attaches to the dungeons an opportunity for the players to escape or enter into ignacio's complex now going back to the kennels kitchen and servants hexagon we're going to move up this hexagon is also attached to the central throne room this next one would make sense attached to the kitchen to be the dining hall the grand table dominates this room and feasts here would feature heavy meats uh, the most fine roasted mutton and beefs uh, the, the the aroma of heavy stews wafting through the chamber the dining hall when active would also feature massive chairs fit for fire giants up against the walls or perhaps put away in storages are smaller uh, accoutrements for other beings who may come seeking an audience or perhaps not perhaps ignacio uh, is the kind of fire giant whose ego would see smaller creatures fit embarrassing, embarrassingly on massive chairs, uh, missized uh, to seek meals with him. Beyond the dining hall is the next chamber, the study. And the fire giant study is not simply an office, but also a grand library, at least to other creatures. Now, the books here are not simply outsized books fit for a fire giant's hand. No, they are collected tomes and works of knowledge, treasures in and of themselves. Here is where the players could perhaps find not only useful knowledge, but also magical spell scrolls for their wizards to copy into their spell books here could also be many knickknacks and oddities that the fire giant has accumulated over time now these knickknacks could be relatively mundane they could offer an opportunity for a connected piece to the background story of this campaign perhaps they point to another non-playable character that the, the players have come across there could be things like 
a hand in a jar placed up on a shelf here. This hand could belong to a warrior that the players have heard of. Uh, things like this that, that build up the world and story that the players are adventuring in. The study, while featuring all of these books and works of knowledge, can also function as an office for the fire giant lord. And here the players might find important information. Maybe this is what they were sent for. Uh, a huge oaken desk, or perhaps carved of stone desk, as this is a fire giant's home. It could contain important documents, plans for battles, for maneuvers, for politicking, um, details of trade agreements. This fire giant is here in this dormant volcano, Mount Everburn. There are precious metals and stones here. Lord Ignacio could be intricately involved in the local trade network and the players could have been sent here to find out what his plans might be. Moving from the study, we will find the bedroom. This hexagon, this chamber, of course, attaching not just to the study, but to the central throne. This hexagon features the bedroom of Lord Ignacio. There can be many smaller chambers off of this one, the privy, for instance. Uh, Dog-eared listeners might note that Mount Everburn has been featured in Delightful Dungeon Diving before. Mount Everburn was the setting of one of our very first scenes featuring an adventuring party of Brigida, Tarjak, Azalea, and Audibuck as they snuck into Lord Ignacio's home and found themselves confined to the privy as they escaped his wrath. So many chambers can be added here off the bedroom, but the main room featuring the bed, of course, and this could be on a very domineering slab of stone raised up from the ground. Here will be the most precious items to Lord Ignacio, things that he would want to keep close, things he would not even consider secure in other parts of his fortress. Here is where, if there is some critical artifact or personal object that the players have come to obtain, here is where they would find it. Also, here is where they might expect Lord Ignacio to be during the sleeping hours. We're going to move down from the bedroom into another chamber, the last chamber that is still attached to the central throne hexagon. This will be the forge. Now the forge chamber is where all of the craft is done. This forge feature multiple uh, anvils, uh, forges themselves where the pipework brings in the magma, the lava from Mount Everburn's heart that Ignacio and his craft people use in their work. There could be rows of different massive giant-sized hammers, smithy. This is a fully functioning smithy. And it could either lie quiet 
as Mount Everburn could solely be inhabited by Ignacio and his family and servants, or this could be a fully functioning 24-hour working smithy uh, of people employed or enslaved by Lord Ignacio. Attached to both the bedroom and the forge is our final hexagonal chamber, the armory. This is where many of the raw materials for the forge are stored. The different metals and stone and even wood pieces. The armory could also function as a bit of a woods workshop as there will be some elements of woodworking in the items created here. But the armory also contains the weapons and armor of Lord Ignacio and possible servants, soldiers, guards, etc. Here is where the players might think traditionally of the treasure room. This is where they would head if they were looking to grab anything like magically enhanced weapons or items. We're going to add one last piece to this complex. Either off of the armory or the forge, we're going to add another hallway. This is going to be the access to the mine. Mount Everburn is not simply the home of the fire giant. It also has a small mine works operation. And here you could even lay tracks for mine carts that lead from the forge or armory into the heart of the mountain. This is where you can connect the fortress to other pathways, other approaches into the fortress, out of the fortress, perhaps deeper into the mountain where there may be other creatures lurking. So there we have it. We have the fortress of Lord Ignacio laid out in the different chambers. What you might find in here, beyond the traps of the main hall, the servants, the hellhounds, the prisoners you might find in the dungeons. Maybe this is why the players were sent here, was to free someone from Lord Ignacio's prison. In the dining halls, the studies, you have an opportunity as a game master to place other, uh, other creatures aligned with fire, perhaps salamanders or fire newts even that could be visiting. Um, you could have an imprisoned fire elemental who is there magically bound to Ignacio's service. Beyond that, smaller creatures that wouldn't present a fire giant with any problem, uh, nothing more than a small nuisance, but to normal-sized players of medium or large category size, these could be a real problem. Giant rats, uh, spiders, bats that roost in the very high ceilings of the hall or throne room, and might not view the players as anything more than a snack. You have plenty of opportunity to give your players a very dangerous atmosphere being here in the heart of a fire giant's home. So, now that we have laid out the complex of Lord Ignacio, we are going to go for a stroll ourselves within 
And here is where you will get the full atmosphere and environment of Mount Everburn. So come along and don't forget your bewitching beverage splendid snack because every adventurer needs their calories and coziness. Doors of daunting height and incredible pomposity tower before you. Their surface is layered with gears, a mosaic of clockwork, a display of master craftsmanship. If you hadn't already obtained forgeries of the three keystones, you'd be at a loss. But here you are, hoping the small fortune you paid the artificer for was worth it. Sure enough, upon placing the keystone forgeries in the correct order, the gears begin to turn. Deep knocks and clicks vibrate through you as the doors unlock and open. You have it on good authority that Ignacio, fire giant lord of Mount Everburn, is away. Good thing, too, as the doors are not quiet. They open unto a long hall, the dark rock of the cavern held aloft by domineering columns of carved stone. Filigreed with gold and affixed with braziers burning for light, the columns are beacons lighting the way. On the far walls beyond, alcoves carved into rock draw your eye. In this one, a brass crown whose design you recognize from history books. In the next, the horn of a blue dragon. This is Ignacio's trophy room, to show off his might to visitors in their first steps here. This hall is also a death trap, a killing floor for would-be invaders. You warily eye the shadows of the ceiling, knowing what is lurking there, waiting to be released. But you've done your due diligence. You know which floor tiles to avoid, where to look for tripwires. The hall leads directly to the throne. Of course Lord Ignacio would have a throne. A gargantuan stone chair carved from the mountain itself, inlaid with a rainbow of precious metals. The throne would seat the fearsome giant high above retainers and visitors, blocky steps raising the chair high above the room. To the east, the forge and armory connect to the deeper mines of the mountain. You've no interest there. This place is uncomfortably warm already. Besides, you know that while Ignacio may be absent, his slave smiths are not. They are in those chambers beyond, working night and day to forge goods Ignacio sells to the surrounding nations. This operation is the heart of the entire region's economic model. Ignacio has made himself invaluable and thus untouchable. You will have to venture into the bedroom, however, for in this room, tucked away in a locked drawer, is the key to a prison cell. The drawer is on the other side of the massive bed, the giant proportioned room measuring in acres rather than meters. You make the approach carefully, as your research was unclear on the nature of this room's defenses. You've heard Ignacio has a pet, and you do not wish to awaken it. Key obtained, you make your way through the adjoining chambers. The study is nothing less than a library to make any self-styled researcher salivate. Ancient tomes, limited prints of famous works, spell scrolls stored away in glass containers. Pages upon pages, books packed in shelves dotted with oddities and knickknacks. 
a phase spider's mandible, a pickled hand of an unfortunate hero, an enchanted sword being used as a letter opener. Well, at least that's better than the skull being used as a personalized wax stamp. The desk of the study likely contains its own treasures, but your time is running short. The dining hall is as grand and severely decorated as the rest of the fortress. At least the house-sized table serves as cover while you avoid any servants cleaning the chamber. The scent of stews and seared meats permeates the very stones here. You dash through the kitchens, sweat beating your brow immediately as the complicated pipework directs heat from the volcano's heart into these stoves. Similar to how you imagine the forge works, but you are curious about how the natural gas is managed. Could be worth noting for a possible escape maneuver. You're close. You just have to make it through the kennels. As you enter, you breathe a huge sigh of relief. The hellhounds have not been summoned as of yet. The portal lies quiet and cold. You shudder to think of where that portal leads and of the monstrous beasts that are pulled unwillingly through it to eviscerate interlopers. But you've made it. The dungeons are just beyond. Many of the cells contain loose clothing, small rings and jewelry, even a rusty dagger lying in the middle of one. But no skeletons. The floors, however, are remarkably clean. No refuse or signs of life here. And then you remember, Lord Ignacio uses gelatinous cubes to keep his dungeons pristine. But there is one cell exempt from this service, one cell whose inhabitant is too important to dissolve, one cell that you have been sent to open. And as you do, you hear the gongs. You've been discovered. The portal is activating, shouts sound through the distant halls, you look at the map you paid dearly for, and you hope, to any gods that may be listening, that the secret tunnel out of this dungeon, marked on parchment, is real. Well, there you have it, folks. A fire giant complex, a home fortress of a fire giant lord located in the heart of a volcano for you to use in any of your own TTRPG games or to use as an inspiration for writing. Thank you all so much for coming along on this dungeon dive, and I can't wait to get back to chatting with my friends about TTRPGs and fantasy and writing and character development on the Delightful Dungeon Diving Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. everyone here so no one else has to.